you remember the last few times, I, get, I seem to get all the tough subjects. I'm not sure what's up with this. I had money, and then I had sex, and now I get sin. Oh, my goodness. No, this, it, it'll be good. No, the Holy Spirit gave me that one. That's, that's an interesting thing. I mean, uh, and, and as, as this one kind of, uh, I've been pondering this and, and thinking about it, and the Holy Spirit's just been running it through me, and as I go through uh, this subject... And basically, the title of this thing uh, is uh, Sin Not Because It's Not Good For You. <laughs> and that really, really, really is the bottom line. This being Father's Day, you got to remember that, that, that uh, God is a father, uh, and, uh, and you are actually his adopted kids, and you have an awesome big brother who paid for uh, everything that you've ever uh, done or will do that, that was contrary to what God would like. And uh, so you have to remember that everything that God gives you to do or not to do in the sin department is, is for your own good. <laughs> it's for you. Uh, years ago, I used to, uh, I thought I was going to be a veterinarian before I learned how to play guitar. And... Uh, <clears throat> And the girls like guitar players better than veterinarians, <laughs> to my experience. And uh, at one time, we had this dog who came in, and he was, uh, he'd, he'd been kind of abandoned. I think what had happened is his, his caregiver had just gotten so uh, uh, old that she couldn't take care of him, and he had ticks everywhere. I mean, everywhere. I mean, ticks in the ears, everywhere. And my task was to actually, you know, dip the dog, of course, to get as many as we could, you know, that way. And then I had to actually brush him out. And, and the Holy Spirit brought that back to my remembrance. And think of those ticks as just a little bit of sin, just a small thing. It doesn't even have to be a big thing, but it cumulatively almost killed the dog. There were so many ticks on this dog. They literally almost drank him up to the point where he couldn't function anymore. And sin will do that if you let it. Now, every time I see or hear a commercial that says, you deserve it, something in me always says, you don't want what you deserve. <laughs> I mean, let's face it. Uh, what you deserve without Christ, we deserve nothing but death and hell. And that's what Jesus came for. Jesus deserved none of it, but he took all of it. Okay, he took all of your sins. Everything that you, every thought, sin. Everything that you didn't do, sin of omission. All of these things, he literally took them all upon himself, and he paid all of that for you. Uh, he was holy, and by holy, we don't want to get into this religious idea. Of, in fact, you've, you've probably seen uh, some Monty Python where they go, oh, the dummies man, and hit themselves in the head. That actually was, a te they actually did that. There was a point in time, and there are some religions still that will actually hit themselves with whips and things like that to try and pay off their sin. Well, we don't have to pay off our sin anymore, but we still need to be conscious of it. Uh, when the Bible talks about sin, uh, it uses three different words. There's different types. Uh, one is pesha or trespass, 
which means sin done out of rebelliousness. Then there's one, I'm not sure how to pronounce it right, Evier or something like that, just means transgression. But the word most commonly translated as sin, hata, literally means to go astray. So what that's implying is that sin is just simply taking off taking you off of the best path that you could have. So we don't want to think of us now when we're thinking holy, that's another that's that's we we run into this this mentality that holy is this oh, you know how Pastor Mark does oh that uh, it's it's it simply means to be set apart. Okay, it simply means that you're free of all of these encumbrances that would keep you from being on your path, the, the rebelliousness that takes you astray, all of these things. Now, we never, never, never want to minimize sin because what you may not understand at this point is, is your life isn't about you anymore. It's really about being present and able and prepared to do the job for someone else. And that's really where it is. So another thing that we want to make sure that we understand, and I've talked about this before, is that in the Old Testament, when you had things like uh, sacrifices, and where they'd actually sell you doves and stuff to where you could go in and then uh, they'd sacrifice them for you, that would only cover your sin. And it would only cover that particular year's sin or period of time that you were doing it for. Generally, they would do it per year. But Jesus, when he came, he didn't just cover the sin. And he didn't just cover that year's sin. He actually took all of the sin of the entire world, all of humanity, and obliterated it, paid for it, eliminated it, to where it's not even there anymore. So we have to think of it in that way. Now, here's another interesting thing. Do you ever, have you ever read in the Old Testament where they were, they were hauling around the uh, Ark of the Covenant? You know, the one that India was looking for? The one that where they, you know, they opened it up and it melted the, the Hitler face or the Nazi face? Okay, now that was, there was actually an element of truth in that. They actually had to be prepared to move that. One time, this guy reached out and touched it without being sanctified and, you know, having the priests, and it actually, the holiness of it, killed him. Nowadays, however, you know, you could sit in that thing and you could take a bath. Why? Because Jesus took everything that was unholy, unset apart, anything other than, than new, and, and eliminated it. So under the covenant that you have, you can touch that thing, you can shine it up, you can polish it, you can open the lid and hop on in, and it would not kill you because you are a son of God. Now we have to think that way, and it's easy to get off balance. So here, just real quick, uh, this is going to take a little bit of reading, but we'll get there. Hebrews, Ethan, 12, 1 through 15. I'm not sure of this particular translation since they I was looking at We'll read it real quick. Therefore, we also, since we're surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight. Okay, now see how it's equating weight with sin? 
And the sin, which so easily ensnares us, it's, it's, it, it, it keeps you from moving. And let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of God on the throne of God. For consider him who endured such hostility from sinners against himself, lest you become weary and discouraged in your souls. You have not resisted to bloodshed, striving against sin, and you have forgotten the exhortation which speaks to you as to sons. My son, do not despise the chastening of the Lord, nor be discouraged when you are rebuked by him. This is Father's Day. For whom the Lord loves, he chastens and scourges every son whom he receives. We'll just go ahead and stop right there. Thank you, Ethan. Now, chasten merely means to correct or discipline. Okay, we don't have to think of it as, uh, in fact, those of you that are fathers, how many times have you had a child do something other than what you told them? You know, and it doesn't mean that you love them any less, right? You're just looking at them going, yikes, you know? Or how about, this is this is one that, uh, that our, I have... Uh, some experience in since I deal with teenagers every single day. And how about when you tell them to do something and they don't do it? You know, teenagers are really good at that in general. Okay, now it doesn't mean that you love them any less. It doesn't mean that you're mad at them. And God is not mad at you. If you can ever get that, if you if you have a problem with thinking of God as that dude who will zap you, just because that you've, you're not, you haven't done something right, if you have that, that is so far from the truth. He is just like a parent. He wants the best for you. Uh, in fact, right now, uh, Ethan was uh, going to a class, and he doesn't, it's long, it's like four hours, and it's kind of boring because it's about computers and IT, and he just muscles through it. And why? Because it's good for him. <laughs> you know, it's good to, the, that he's finding the responsibility. Plus, he's he's learning something. So this is that's chastening. That's 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 the the type of guidance that your father wants to have with you. It's not about beating you up. It's about him loving you, and that's what we were just looking at in that scripture. Now we want to. I want to define what sin is, and this is really how it boils down. Simply put, and this is my definition, so if you don't like it, you can blame me. Simply put, sin is love failure. That's all it is. Very, very, very simple. And how, well, where do I get that? Okay, would you throw Romans 13 up there for me, Ethan? Oh, no one anything except to love one another, for he who loves another has fulfilled the law. All right. <laughs> Let's back this up. Back the train up. If we go to the Old Testament, you guys remember that one? You may or may not have been here when I did this. Do you remember how many laws there were in the Old Testament? I don't remember off the top of my head, but it was in the hundreds. Don't do this. Do do this. Don't do this. Don't do this. Hundreds of them. He is saying here that loves... Love fulfills the law. For the commandments, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not murder, you shall not steal, you shall not bear false witness, you shall not covet. And if there is any other commandment, 
are all summed up in this saying, namely, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. Love does no harm to a neighbor. Therefore, love is the fulfillment of the law. Every sin was described in that law. Now, you remember, and and I don't mean this flippantly, but God literally is love, correct? And love fulfills everything that you need to do or not to do. So, if there is sin in your life, it is simply a failure of you following love. Okay, so if you uh, steal, obviously, like no one in here would do that, that's why I use that example, then, then you are not acting in love to that person. Uh, if you have a problem with maybe uh, uh, yelling at people when you're angry at them, not necessarily in traffic, but sometimes, <laughs> uh, then that's clearly you're violating the the law of love in these things. Now, there are different degrees of that. Uh, and as we go forward in our Christian walk, we find that we'll, we'll work on some things and we'll eliminate some things, and then the Holy Spirit gives us more to do. Now, you've probably heard before that Paul says that you're dead to sin. And this doesn't, as Paul said, doesn't give us the right to go around sinning, doing whatever we want, because it's already paid for and that we're dead to it. Because we should be thinking so much on love. My concern should be, is Carrie all right? Is there anything that I can do for Carrie? Is Pastor Mark, he looks like he's been overworked a little bit this week. Is there anything I can do to help him out? Now, if I'm thinking that way then I'm not thinking at all about sex. I'm not thinking at all about uh, porn. I'm not thinking at all about uh, how someone mistreated me and I'm going to get them back. I'm not thinking at all about uh, uh, that guy that just cut me off in traffic. I'm not thinking at all about uh, any of these things. I'm thinking about him, not me. See how love makes you dead to sin. It makes you to the point where sin isn't an issue. Now, uh, when you're talking about sin and about, uh, uh, again, I want you to think about that dog. That dog was tired out. Even once I got all of those ticks and all of that sin off of him, he still had like, he was like three days before he would even, you know, get up and walk around and, you know, start to wag his tail and look and see what's going on outside. And that's why he talks about sin enslaving. So go ahead and throw First Corinthians up there for me, would you, Ethan? Okay, so this is what, this is another way that Paul is going to describe how sin affects us. Do you not know that those who run in a race all run, but one receives the prize? Run in such a way that you may obtain it. And everyone who competes for the prize is temperate in all things. Okay, now when they're talking about temperate there, they're saying disciplined. They're saying, uh, every, these guys, when they run this, they've been practicing. 
They're doing it very specifically. They know exactly what the rules are. They know exactly what they have to do. And they have been preparing for this for a while. Run in such a way that you may obtain the prize. Now they do it to obtain a perishable crown, but we for an imperishable crown, or for other people, or for, or for souls, or for all of these things. Therefore I run thus, not with uncertainty. Thus I fight, not as one who beats the air. I'm not shadow boxing. I'm actually fighting something. But I discipline my body and bring it to, into subjection, lest when I've preached to others, I myself should be disqualified. So he's saying that it's all about everybody else. The sin that you have in your life, it's about getting rid of it so you're faster. It's about getting rid of it so you're stronger. It's about getting rid of it so when, when somebody needs me, I'm available. I'm a cutting edge. I'm, I'm sharp. So as soon as someone reaches and needs that edge, I'm there and ready to do it. So we're almost to my point. <laughs> Where, where all of this is groundwork. For those of you that have never heard sin in this way, if you've only ever been beat up with it, if you've only had it where, don't sin or else you'll go to hell, you know, that sort of thing, it's really not about that anymore. It's, it's about everybody else that you are prepared to serve. So we're still in what Ira would refer to, and I've heard this called before, as our earth suits. I think the, 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 the Bible, I think, calls it the mortal coil, <laughs> or it's this flesh. We still have it. Now, you remember, accepting Jesus made your spirit brand new. Your spirit is completely brand new and holy and set apart, and it understands God, and it communicates with him, and that's all good. All right? Our mind is being rebuilt and adjusted by the scripture to where it lines up with what Jesus would have you think. Our problem runs into the flesh. It's the things that the flesh tells you that it wants, and then it convinces your head that that's the right thing to do, and then that's what you do, and then you end up in a problem, and you're ensnared, <laughs> as Paul would say. But what I want you to realize is, have you ever heard of that where, the, where Paul says, there's no condemnation in Christ? Okay, so for instance, uh, my mom used to smoke. She did. And uh, she told me once that she liked to smoke. It was one of her favorite things to do. But she was a spirit-filled praying woman. And she told me one time, she says, you know what? The Holy Spirit had never come to me and said to me, don't smoke. She says, I've tried to do it on my own any number of times. I know it's not good for me. She says, I know it's some one of these things that I need to shed so that I'm more effective. And so she said, one day the Holy Spirit came to me and said, you know what? Today is the day that you need to quit smoking. And so she said, since the Holy Spirit told me that it was time, that means that I'm anointed to do it. <laughs> she says she quit and never once had one pang of wanting another cigarette. Why? Because she was obedient. When she waited for the Holy Spirit to tell her what to do, 
when the Holy Spirit convicted her and said, you know what, let's shed that, then she was obedient and she did it. When, you, when, when the Holy Spirit and you link up, then that stuff has no, no hold on you, whatever, and it sheds right off. And that's the only way that you can beat sin. That's it. <laughs> that's the only way you can do it. Now, there's two ditches. There's the ditch, remember, where they're hitting themselves, trying to do their own, get rid of their own sin. I'm so sinful. Oh, I'm so sinful. You are not. You are not a sinner anymore. Your sin is over. Occasionally it shows up and you get rid of it. Then there's the other side. We never want to be on the side of the ditch that says, well, sin is okay. He paid for it. I'll just kind of wallow in it a little bit. I don't need to get rid of it. If the Holy Spirit is telling you, convicting you to get rid of something, he will actually give you the solution for it. He'll actually say, okay, uh, if uh, you're speeding all the time, I don't want you to speed anymore. So what I want you to do from now on is to set your cruise control one under the speed limit. Okay, now, if you're obedient to that, guess what happens? The Holy Spirit has anointed you to do it, and then you do it. Okay, now, here's the other side. Now, Satan will try and get in on you, and he'll try and condemn you for something. You shouldn't have had that donut. But the problem, and he'll just try and make you feel bad. The way you can tell the difference is if you feel bad, but there's no solution Remember, the Holy Spirit gave you the solution for the speed limit. Set your speed limit on one under. The devil just said, you're, you're, you're scummy. You're no good. You're crap for eating that donut. You're no good. There's no solution there. That's condemnation. Anytime that Satan gets on you for something, dismiss him. Anytime the Holy Spirit says, here's what you need to do, then that's what you follow. Okay, so I came, I, I set us all up for these three things that I want to talk to you about. <laughs> and it, I'll be pre- pretty quick, you know me, I'm, I don't really particularly like to hear myself talk. Number one, you may not want to address some sin in your life, even the ho- though the Holy Spirit is talking to you about it. In that case, what I've been taught to do is I ask the Holy Spirit to make me willing to change my heart in thinking about it, to be willing to be made willing. Now, did that make any sense to you? There are things that I've run into in my past where I'd said, I don't want to give it up. I have no intention of giving up. But I know that the Holy Spirit says, this is what you need to do. So I'm like, Father, I don't want to. But I know that's what you're saying for me to do. So I want. So I would ask him, just make me want to give it up, <laughs> and he will. He'll be. It may not be tomorrow. It may not be the next day. But he'll work with you on that. The whole thing is to just be transparent. With it's not like any time you confess your sins, it's the first time he's heard of it, right? He already knows what happened, so you don't have to do that. Number two. You may think it's impossible to change that part of your life. We've run into, there are lots of addictions that can fall into this category. Uh, there's, you know, there's cigarettes, there's alcohol, there's uh, porn, there's 
uh, meth, there's crack, there's all these things that could be, and then it may be even that the world says it is impossible. You may think it's impossible to change that part of your life. You feel trapped. I've had a situation once in my life where I felt like there literally was no escape. I was doomed. I didn't even necessarily want to be rescued. I was doomed. (laughs) But do you remember how when Adam and Eve fell, what, what did they do? They ran away from God and hid. Now, I've found in my life, if I do something and I feel trapped and I feel hopeless, my tendency, my flesh, actually wants to run away from God and then kind of put him at a distance. I've found that is exactly the wrong thing to do. (laughs) And the thing is, is he's loving. If you're honest with him and you come into him and you say, I like this sin, I enjoy this sin, but I can't, I'm trapped. I have no way out. And if you say, Father, I just submit and I surrender. And I have been rescued. I can think of twice in my life that I've been rescued utterly and completely and almost immediately any time that I submit myself like that. And the third one, don't compare yourself or your race to anyone else's race. We all have different circumstances and starting points not to mention different goals, strengths, and gifts. Okay, so I'm not going to judge my drum playing by Cades. (laughs) I'm not a drummer. Don't compare the two. Your race is completely different. If you were in an impoverished place in Nigeria, uh, overeating probably isn't an issue. So, do they have a problem with that? No, that may may or may not be your race. Okay, so we can't... It's like uh, taking a Porsche out on a 4x4 course. I mean, you can't... It's a, can you compare it to what the 4x4, what a Jeep would do? You can't do it. Completely different things. What I struggle with may or may not be the same things that you struggle with. So all we have to do as a congregation is assist in loving any possible way we can. The judgment doesn't come in because it's not your race. You don't know what the circumstances are. So all you can do is take the ticks (laughs) off of you as much as you can and run your race as fast as you can. Your race has nothing to do with my race other than uh, we can love each other and help each other and hold each other up. But that's basically all that I had for that. So, uh, Father, we come to you in Jesus' name, and we thank you and we praise you for your word and for your renewing of our minds, and that you will bring things to, to, to our attention that need our attention, that we need to drop off, Father. Father, I thank you also that there's no judgment at all in this place and that we seek to love each other and to assist each other and maybe even pick off the ticks that we can't get to. (laughs) In Jesus' name, we thank you and praise you. Amen.